pushing the boundaries of expectations, rewriting the rules of adventure are the reasons we get up in the morning. We share your hunger for a life without limits. Maggie. <laughs> Maggie, we're back. <laughs> it's good to be back. We are. We're sitting here in the air chair. We're back. There you are. Are we, are we sharing a chair? <laughs> no. <laughs> we could. Don't you wish we were back in a saddle? Yes. Back in the saddle again. Hi. Hi, Meg. I'm just, I'm just, I don't know. Maybe it's the altitude. I feel a little, little nutty today. Rocky Mountain High is a, is a real phenomenon. Uh, StephenCanyon.com is the website. If you'd like to be on the Kinetic Bleak Podcast, the number is 720-626-8649. Call that number now. Do it. Or be square. I liked what one of our recent callers said. She said, um, Megan told me on the podcast, if, if I'm hesitating, just stop, just shut up and do it. So That's the signal to call. <laughs> So I'm reiterating that. <laughs> if you're on the fence, give us a call. Just do it. Just dive in. Uh, yeah, you know, we were on Main Street in Breckenridge over the weekend, and we met this free-spirited young woman who she's studied yoga in India. She's just traveling. She's got yeah. this nomadic spirit about her. And, and she said that she's from Oregon, and she's hanging out in Breckenridge. And she had just traveled to New Zealand and other parts of the world, and she's got this gypsy mentality where you know she's just she's high on life and you know we really enjoy talking to her just about our travels and you know you kind of compare notes and yeah and um sleeping in airport stories and all that kind of stuff but <laughs> the kind of the question came up and we were just realizing in all the different places you and I mm-hmm. have you know in the last 2 years anyway where we I guess you could say we lived there because people are always saying well where do you live well I don't know you if you're a digital nomad. Where do you live? <laughs> well, I guess you, you live wherever you wherever you're sleeping at the time at the moment. Well, you don't want to be that guy where you're like, I'm a citizen of the world. Or do you? <laughs> well, just don't say <laughs> it like that. I guess <laughs> well, <laughs> it won't sound awful. Just let me do the talking, then. <laughs> but no, seriously, if you could live anywhere, where would that be? And we talk about this all the time. Yeah. What is, what's the criteria, or you know, I don't know the place, or where would you want to live, Meg? Hmm. Well, I have I have many favorites. I've I've fallen in love with many places that we've lived, but I have to say the Rocky Mountains in general, um, Colorado, and even up in Wyoming. I mean, that feels most like home. So, for just talking about a place that I would want to actually, you know, get over the commitment issues and and be there for a length of time, it would definitely be the, the Rocky Mountains in the states. It just feels like home. And, you know, places have an energy to them, but then also, don't forget, you're bringing an energy to a place. Mm. Well, just, for example, in the last two years, we have lived, I guess if we're going to say, if you sleep somewhere for, what, one night, two, four nights, a week, two weeks, what is it, what's the criteria for saying, I live there? I don't you know. You buy property, you get a long-term, no. what is maybe, it? Maybe one month. One month, okay, you live there. Because you've been there for four weeks. Well, one month you can know the place, you can meet the people, you've got such a good sense of, of where you are. Yeah, you, you is, can't do that in one week. Well, the more we travel and experience places, the more the more difficult it is for me to say, okay, this is where I want to live. Put the put the mailbox in the ground and call well, it. A okay, day. and I'm just gonna say it. Okay, Steve, maybe we don't have to live anywhere. Ah, or wherever you are, you're living. That's home. Let's redefine what it means my to live energy, somewhere. You are my home, Steve. You're my home. Where have we lived in the last two years? Oh, you want to have a t- 
<laughs> I just got really tired. I would have to have it written, <laughs> have have written down. I feel exhausted well, I'm now. Sorry. Let's share that. We're, we, we lived in Sedona, Arizona. We've lived in Taos, Taos Ski Valley, Breckenridge. Where else? What am I missing? Um, um, Orlando, Florida. Albania. Albania. Scotland. Montenegro. Croatia. Um, Costa Rica. Where? Uh, Denver? Well, we weren't in Costa Rica Denver? for a month. I don't know if that counts. We were there. Okay. We were there for a couple of weeks. Yeah. So. Well, I lived there. <laughs> the Howler Monkeys. And uh, in New Mexico, Arizona, did we... Where else? Two The last two years. That's a long time. We, we spent quite a bit of time in Jackson Hole. You're about to East run out coast, of months, East Coast, West though. Coast. Yeah, forget it. So, well, I have to say, though, we are, we're also moving into a season of, of where we, we've visited so many new places, and now we sort of get to reap the, the benefits of all of that energy expended, and we, we know what we love, and then we have these favorite places that we get to revisit, which we haven't done very much. We really haven't been revisiting, if you think about it. It's well, all been new. But I, okay, I got it figured out. I know what it is. You are a gypsy. <laughs> That's I hitched I hitched my wagon to a gypsy, and so this is the, can, these are the consequences. I can confirm that that's true. <laughs> you got you've got a violin. Yeah, you got the dark hair. Well, I have that. You know, we both have that little funny thing within us where we are. You know, when kids are unchaperoned, and so yes, and then they 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 start to realize they're unchaperoned, and all of a sudden that that sense of I can do anything. I can. I'm going I, to the neighbor's yard. <laughs> I can go anywhere. And so, but it is funny how posing that question to yourself, it can really light you on fire. And the more you do it, I think it becomes a little addicting, you know, just having these new experiences all the time. It's just, it's fun. It gets, Exploration. You kind of get, you have to scratch that itch, right? And you keep on going though. And it, it doesn't, it doesn't get satisfied. Well, and something and, that we talked about recently um, is over the years, we've become actually highly efficient. I, you know, when we first started, you're lugging around way too much stuff. And so uh, over the years, it's become this very efficient process, which does make it more fun. Mm-hmm. So when you, when it's not a burden to travel, to go, to, to journey to a new place, it becomes multiplied. You know, it becomes exponentially more exciting. And what it is, this uh, is the deal as a kinetic okay. believer, when yeah. you're free-spirited, it is really not about the place anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not running off to a place to see if this is going to satisfy me. It's not about the place. It is about your space. Yeah. The space you're occupying is what you can take around freely now mm. and enjoy the abundance of life because it's yeah. the space that you occupy expectantly, spiritually, wherever you are that is satisfying that you're aligning your soul with. And yeah. it's, the, it's your energy then that's combined with the space you're occupying that just makes it a, a blissful experience. And you can enjoy diversity. Well, and that's a, that's a fab- fascinating point to, to meditate on because... You talk all the time, you, you tell us all the time about how we have to protect what we hear and see and what we're taking into our spirit, because if it's negative energy, it's going to create all of this work, all of this extra spiritual work that we have to do when it's negative. Mm-hmm. And having said that, I, I feel as though that's one of the main reasons I'm constantly drawn to the mountains, the forests, the the wild places, mm-hmm. because you are inundated with this natural energy force that's so positive, that's so full of life. Um, it almost makes it just super easy to, to be a kinetic believer all the time. Well, then what happens, too, is you begin, um, wow, seeking out those wild places that are in agreement with your your uh, your 
What am I going to say here? It is a frequency. It is. And it matches your energy. Mm-hmm. Because, it, you know, you're talking about circling back around. Well, as, as we do that, there's sort of a criteria, an unspoken criteria of a place that just is in agreement with his um, high level of expectancy, your highest viewpoint for enjoying the, an environment. So obviously, you're not going to move out to the shipyard where they're bringing in creosote posts that they're going to use on a train track, and you're watching this go by your front door every day. It doesn't agree with your expectations for flowers. <laughs> and what a horrible example. But you know what I mean? You horrible. Just, you're not going to circle back to that. Maybe you'll end up there once. Well, and, you know, we were we found this really cool account on on Instagram recently, and it was just this elaborate garden that this woman had created in, in, I think it was Canada. And all of her videos were just walks through her garden. And, you know, you made a joke one time, we, we were looking at this place that we thought about renting, and it was sort of huge, you know, it was way too big for us. And you you really had me laughing on the way home, because you said, you know, I can only sit in one chair. <laughs> I can only sit in one chair at a time, Megan. Like we don't need all these chairs. <laughs> and that but that's so funny because when you are creating your space, mm-hmm. you don't need a thousand acres. Mm-hmm. You need a space. You need mm-hmm. a garden. You need you, you just have to have that huga, that centric mm-hmm. space that is where the frequency is connecting with your highest viewpoint and your highest positive energetic. Well, that garden that you just mentioned, that's actually a good example because my first takeaway was, how do you do that in Canada? She had the right. biggest variety of flowers and, and just you know, this beautiful floral garden. It went on and on and on. But then, you know, it's in Canada, in British Columbia. And, you yeah. know, I'm thinking, well, the weather there, she must have, she has to replant everything for the six weeks of, well, it was interesting. maybe I don't know enough about the region. But. Well, it was interesting in her bio that I was reading. She just had this little about section and it had, she made a point to, to say that she was in this certain zone of, of weather and it and there aren't many of those in Canada but she it was it's almost as if she was in a sweet spot where you could I don't uh, know. grow and flourish I, you know sweet spot you still have to have that space that she's occupying is taking on the identity of her expectations now that came through right like the the spirit of her garden was there. <laughs> so you take your expectations yeah. for a space wherever you go, and then you don't have to be in the high Rockies. You don't have to be in British Columbia in the, the right 192.7 zone for your perfected uh, right. life to show up. It's your expectations that puts a commandment on yeah. the universe around you to attract the diversity of your expectations. Isn't it interesting how life begets life? You know, when you're filled with the life force of of, the, of that energetic, whether it's a plant, animals, children, people, just anything that comes near you, it mm-hmm. gets to benefit from that epic aura, that life source that's just, it, you can feel it. It's just emanating from you. But you do have to train for this oh, because yeah. we do live in a world that's not necessarily going to agree with you. Full of train tracks. Just like the girl we met in Breck, and she said that she studied yoga in India, but it was next to the airport. (laughs) But I loved what she said. She was like, but it really did force you to... Zen out, and and she she was like anybody can be Zen Zen in the Himalayas. Zen on the end. Well, everybody in the Himalaya is 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 a Zen master, right? I mean, what is that? How can you not be? I, I, I feel guess. like I feel like I've known some people that would like have attitude <laughs> in the Himalayas. <laughs> but take them to New York City. Now something's going to have to bend or break. Oh yeah, 
But that's the, that's the training we talk about. What it, and that's how we become a, a practice perfected kinetic believer in whatever practice or whatever mm. discipline that we are faced with. On purpose in our lives, we master it by practicing our yoga next to the airport or <laughs> whatever dog barking next door you have to contend with. Mm. You know, you find that inner peace and then that pushes outward and you can remain in a place of Zen and a highest expectation regardless of where you are. Well, we had a really great conversation about this over the weekend and we were discussing what that even means to reach that Zen place, to carry it with you even in challenging situations. And I thought it was very interesting that you kept in the conversation, you kept going back to that innate compassion that comes from unconditional love, unconditional love for self, for those around you, feeling a sense of compassion for others is what it's almost as if that's the little engine that's that's generating your zen-like awareness and space. Well, that com- word compassion would be easy to to change that out for acceptance, right? I'm going to accept that airplane that lands every three minutes for what it is. I'm going to accept the dog barking incessantly for what it is and allow that sound to come through the space. I don't have to touch it. I don't need to manipulate the sound of the children that are being, uh, you know, loud and rambunctious in this public space. Mm. Allow it to be what it is, to unconditionally love that, call it compassion, call it acceptance. Mm. But that's the master of Zen that can allow the world to be what it is. And now I am dealing wisely in the affairs of humanity. And I'm seeing too that acceptance, it's it really is the opposite of of that competitive nature that so many of us were sent out into the world in whether it was at 18 or college or whatever. But you know, you hit the real world and you are so highly amped up to to compete and to to aggressively protect your space. And so that that as the you know representing presenting that as the sort of antithesis to acceptance, it's very cool and it's easy to see the two sides of those two choices. That's a great point because when you take the word compete and you, if you tangent that word uh, competition or to compete outward from your um, your your sense of of. I don't want to say just authority, but your dominion as a human being with the ability to imagine and to receive that thing that you're believing for. Mm. In the sense of competition, you go off to college, what you want to do is to manipulate the environment through the abuse of your dominion to say, you need to be like this. This needs to meet my expectation. This is my safe space. And if you don't conform to what my expectations are, then I've got to change you. Mm. And that's the abuse of your dominion competition in its correct form, you compete with your ego that's saying, I need to change them. And you say, no, you don't ego. Down boy. (laughs) This is none of your, you accept, accept things for the way that they are. And that's competing with your soul, with your identity to identify with the peaceful uh, one that you were created to be in the beginning before you ever were confronted with the noise of the world. Well, and I love how you just described acceptance. You, You described it as a flow, as it's allowing something that could be worrisome or a problem or even just an irritation, but allowing it to flow through, to keep mm-hmm. on moving. Because isn't that's a great ex- analogy, because isn't that what we do when you latch on to it and recognize it and start to, to energetically be negative toward it? It's, it's as if you're grabbing it and pulling it close mm-hmm. when it would have just kept going. <laughs> right. But now That's you're great. involving some action in all of this, right? Yeah. I mean, you're yeah. Ch- there are things, there's some consequences to what you are allowing or not allowing 
that you're going to experience very real consequences. Yes. And we recently had the question come up, um, what kind of adventure should I go on, Steve, <laughs> when, I, when I have time off from work? Because I, I love the podcast and you guys talk about you know being a kinetic believer is this wonderful adventure and I'm excited to go on this journey. So what, what is it going to look like? I've got four days off next week and I want to go on a KB adventure. What should I expect? Well, first of all, that's good for you. you got, yes, do that. Take a KB time off adventure. So let's let's talk about that for a minute because uh, you, you got the right idea, but you got the wrong idea. We're not talking the the adventure for KB is not the the uh, the road trip. And it's not even when we talk about forest bathing and rewilding yourself to get away from the noise of the world. While that is an adventure in of itself, that's still not the the baseline adventure that we talk about that is the lifestyle of the kinetic believer. So what holistically, organically begins to happen when a person rewilds themselves to unbecome negative influences, like we're talking about, is that is where the adventure begins to show up. It's not on the physical trail, the empirical surroundings of your, your journey that we're talking about. Now, that's going to absolutely be a result of the decisions that you're making. That's going to determine what you're really going to experience. And we talk about rewilding our lives to become the adventure that it's supposed to be, which is going to be the unexpected. Your Monday is not going to look like last Monday did. When you're living the life of a kinetic believer, what you're going to experience next week will not be anything like you're used to experiencing. That's the journey. That's the adventure. The adventure of life is experienced when you say and when you do the right thing according to the standards of your highest sense of what is right for you. And then you allow the consequences to unfold. The consequences of telling the truth, for example, in love to the people that are around you, the people that you work with, the people that you associate with, the truth, and not being afraid of speaking the truth or determining, well, if I, if I say the truth here, it's probably not going to be to my benefit, or this is going to really hurt their feelings if I tell them what I believe is true according to truth in love, regardless of what you believe it may, it may even cost you in terms of money, what it will cost you in terms of relationships to tell, to speak your truth and to do the right thing according to your highest level of expectations. The consequences are going to be the adventure. The consequences are going to be the journey of life that we talk about. And I'll tell you this, that you will be radical. You will be crazy. You will be different. You are going to be extremely peculiar. And then the results are going to be overwhelmingly positive in what may look like a negative way. People might might not like you. They're going to say stuff about you. Let it happen. That's the journey. That's the adventure. But you've got to train for this. I'm telling you, you've got to be really tough and willing to stand your um, unconditional love for yourself ground to be able to take on this adventure. Well, I can really, I can sense my mind slowly wrapping around what you're telling us right now. And what keeps popping into to my thought is that we are the only common denominator in our life, in all of our experiences. And so the, the walk in the woods can be completely irrelevant if you haven't already mastered yourself and mastered your highest self in other areas as well. So I think 
many times in culture, we're shown and, and people try to tell us that just perform this ritual, just do this physical ritualistic experience and you'll be fine. It's going to fix you. It's going to set you straight. But those and those can be useful in life, but they're absolutely nothing and pointless without understanding our truest self, finding that genius of purpose and living according to it in the first place. Well, it's it's it goes back to this. You know, meditation really doesn't do you any good unless you know how to meditate. So it's the walk in the woods with the purposeful meditative stance that does prepare you for the adventure that we're talking about. You've got to train for this. Mm-hmm. So then it's it's the walk in the woods. It's the huga space. It's the yoga next to the airport that's training you to be able to do the right thing, um, to say the right thing without hesitation, and to be brave and to be courage for it, and, and, and to be courageous enough to do it. I think it's also uh, interesting that you're um, that you're presenting the idea of adventure not as something that you inject yourself to and then you're out of it again. You have the four-day vacation, then you're back home from the adventure. But it's something we have to to see as this overlay of life, which is very exciting. It's very cool that, that we can turn our life into the never-ending story, the never-ending adventure where it's exciting and around every turn, no matter where we are or what we're doing. Well, it's exci- it is exciting, but here's what makes it exciting. And, and th- you're not doing this just to take a stand, a moral stand, uh, to prove a point or to teach somebody a lesson or to be better than somebody else. You're doing this because this is one of the modalities, huge part of attracting your best life, mm-hmm. because the energetics of your highest expectation for your truth to unbecome every negative source of information, every condemnation, everything that's ever been put on you after the word go, when you dropped into this world, to unbecome all of that and rewild back to your original self, you have got to be a truth speaker and a seeker where your uh, original intentions are uh, are involved in in the process of you becoming who you're supposed to be, and then also the product of you unconditionally loving yourself enough to say no to all these other things. Mm-hmm. That is actually the best thing for the environment. That's how you unconditionally love people around you for them to become what they should be. For example, maybe you're working for a construction company, and the developer shows up one day on the job site, and he says... Um, Hey, Meg, I want you to use two by four support beams in the walls rather than the two by sixes that the engineering specs called for. Wink, wink. And I'm going to be able to save a lot of money. I can pay you more. And nobody's ever going to know. That's overkill (laughs) anyway. Don't worry about it. The two by fours are more than enough. You're now faced with a choice. Do the wrong thing, which is aligning with the choice of the developer, which then could be the right thing because you are the two of you in agreement and you're convinced because you've reasoned with the alternative to do the lesser thing. And so your sense of agreement means that, hey, this is the right thing. You're going to make more money. And oh, my goodness, look how blessed I am. I've made a lot of money by doing the right thing. That's reasoning that twists the truth to become something that is not supposed to be or you can align with the engineer who now the question is who is right so the reasoning gets you all twisted up to do the wrong thing who's wrong who's right you come back to your truth for what you know to be right what would you tell what would you tell someone else to do now it doesn't it's not so hard is it to do the right thing so the here's where the adventure begins for you my friend so you do the right thing because it's right, 
and you're vibrating now at the highest frequency, and now you're going to ride the storm of consequences as an observer. You know it's going to come, but you have faith in the doing the right thing, knowing that it's going to increase you in ways you can't even imagine. The consequences are going to benefit you because of the higher frequency of doing the right thing. The energetics of that are going to create this new environment for you that you never even imagined possible. That is the adventure for the kinetic believer. And it's giving me what you're telling us right now. That's such a beautiful analogy because you can see it. <laughs> you can see the clear choice and then the consequences and then how we even relate to those. And it's giving me the sense that this is all going back to authenticity. And that word is thrown around a lot, but it's not even an outward expression of authenticity, but truly knowing yourself in the most intimate of ways that I th- so many of us have never even experienced. And so I'm wondering how we even get to that point. How do we even nestle down enough into our sense of self and into knowing the what is right for us? What are these right choices based on identity, what we're identifying with? We're transcending the ego that's trying to identify with these things that say, I need to do this to gain. I need to manipulate over here to become something different. We're transcending that, going to our higher essence of being, mm. the life source form that is already within us, and shifting away from, when you do this, wow. Shifting away from the negative. And the environment then takes on a different appearance as well. It takes on a, a, almost a, a halo. It's like the effect of being in this high altitude that we talk about with just the in, incessant sunshine. And there's this translucent appearance. And it, it's a very real thing. Yeah. And the environment, wherever you are, low altitude, high altitude, <laughs> wherever way. in the world you are. <laughs> Things begin to look different because yeah. it's vibrating on a, a frequency that is recognizing your higher expectation. This is a very real thing. We live in a this is a spiritual world first, an energetic world first, and it vibrates at different levels of frequency. And guess what? It's dependent upon your center. You're the center of your own universe. Yeah. And so wherever you are, regardless of you know, the environment, however it was when you got there. It begins to conform to your expectations, and that's what we're talking about. And you mentioned doing the right thing, and I'm, I'm, I'm wondering if in these situations, and as we go through this adventure of life, when we are choosing to do the right thing, is that also does that also involve us trusting the process of being a kinetic believer? Because obviously, to do the wrong thing is is it is tempting because it's alluring. It's saying you can make a little money, you mm-hmm. can ingratiate mm-hmm. yourself to your boss. There are going to be all these positive outcomes from doing the wrong thing. And so to over, to overcome those ideals, it seems like just trusting the knowledge of who you are as a kinetic believer, is going to be vital. Yeah, and you know something that's really interesting, and I've been meditating and thinking a lot about this, re- puzzling through this, and and it is so apparent, and so this is such a real thing, Meg, and it's happening all over the world right now, that there is a, a uh, I don't want to say it's a dissatisfaction so much as there, there's just this <clears throat> compulsion. That most people know that something's happening, a restlessness. There is a restlessness, that, and it's worldwide, and it comes from knowing the difference. It comes from experiential life that, you know, people have experienced good things and bad things happening in their lives, and they can equate it if they were to meditate on, well, 
what what was my frame of thinking when this grand thing happened in my life prior to it? What was my frame of thought when this negative thing happened? And so there's this restlessness of spirit. People are, the world is transcending, is becoming enlightened to consciousness, a higher way of being, a higher expectation that's not going to cost some, my presence isn't going to cost everybody else. It's not supposed to. I'm not supposed to be stealing and taking energetically. I'm not supposed to be condemning and accusing. I'm not supposed to be arguing and fighting. I'm not supposed to be manipulating to gain in my life. We all know that. And the Restlessness is occurring where it's still happening, and you're still people are still being tempted to do those things. Yet, even though they know it's wrong, mm-hmm. so that's how we can know the higher way of being. And when you follow after that restlessness, the salve that soothes that um, desire for those things is the preparation that uh, love creates for us. The kinetic believer is preparing for this kind of adventure by meditating on what it means to do the right thing. Mm. When you ask the question, the answer comes. Right. And it comes from our higher source. It comes from wisdom within. Wisdom doesn't come from human beings. It comes from consciousness that we're all transcending and enlightened, becoming enlightened to be able to receive those words of unction from. And so we meditate on these things. And when when we meditate, that's why journaling is so vital to the individual. Not a book full of quotes. Now, that can help stir up some thinking and perhaps even some, some ways to, although I don't recommend the logical reasoning with thinking to come up with the higher way of wisdom. But what it will do is to, if you go into that place of centering yourself in the moment and you've got your journal in front of you, then you can begin free writing after being inspired by poetry Mm. or quotes of wisdom that others have received from consciousness. And be quiet and just see what consciousness speaks to you and then write it without thinking. Mm. Write it down and just let the universe around you know that I am open right now to receiving wisdom about me, about my life, about my purpose, about my situation and the circumstance that I'm in right now. Stop your thinking and just remain quiet with a pen in hand. And as the unction comes through, you begin writing that, free-spiritedly writing down exactly what wisdom is telling you about yourself, where you are. And it might not be instruction. It could be and probably would be beginning out just more of a descriptive uh, writing of who you are, whose you are, what your purpose is in this life, what you should be aware of, to stir up your curiosity about others, about animals, and about the Uh, delicacies of individualities and the diversity of nature around you and to stop and to be quiet and to become aware of your oneness with all that there is around you because through the meditation of being open to the suggestion of wisdom that already is about you and you're doing this in your journal then what you expect underscore expect for yourself is going to be uh, coming through as an unction, which is going to reveal so much about about other people, as well as yourself in, in the world that you're occupying right now. For me, that's one of the biggest benefits to the guided journal that you've written, because I find that if I try to journal on my own, I tend to repeat myself. And what I, what I mean by that is, really, I'm pulling from my current knowledge base. And that's why I think a lot of times when we haven't truly taken that time to go through the guided journal and understand who we really are, 
we, we tend to just look around and say, well, I just want more of that, or I want more of that. It's not something new and fresh and destined for us and, and from our genius of purpose. And again, that's why the guided journal for me is huge because I need the prompt. I need the prompt to imagine beyond what I see and to imagine beyond what I have even experienced because it's quite difficult to pull from something that you've never seen or known or held or touched or felt. Right, and you just hit on it because we come into this world as believers. In other words, we mm-hmm. come into this world identifying with something. We're placing our awareness in some direction at all times. And whatever, wherever you place your awareness, then that becomes um, the thing that you're energetically exchanging yourself with. You're identifying with it. So if you're looking at something negative, if you're looking at a war or a crime scene or an accident, you're exchanging your energy with the energy that's being emitted by that negative thing. And so this becomes vital to the to the point of meditation. That's why when you're journaling, then you've placed your focus, your attention, you're identifying with the thing that the universe is expressing to you about your original identity mm. so that you can then plan your day accordingly with those same expectations. You're talking today about adventure, embracing this adventure, understanding the nature of the adventure that is life, that is the life of the kinetic believer. And I'm, I'm wondering, what what do you personally, what do you do to keep that adventure going and and to keep mm. that forward momentum because many times you you have this big kick and you have a big push and then as the energy wanes and maybe the good news isn't as fresh as it was a few weeks ago mm. the the adventure of life can sort of dull again you know how do we keep that perpetual adventure cooking you notice the you notice the adventures of life beginning to dull yeah. you notice the the negative stuff starting to creep in demanding your attention and i go time out mm. hold, hold your horses <laughs> shut it down <laughs> i'm not thinking about you and you cast down those negative imaginations i stop the noise of the world, and I go and I notice one beautiful object. Mm. Wow. We're in the Rockies of Colorado for the summer. The energy here, the light, the temperatures, the beauty causes the environment to take on a different appearance if you stop and notice the beauty. I wonder if that goes back to the willingness that you've been talking about recently, having a willingness to notice. Having a willingness to take control, to take your, use your authority, mm-hmm. because I'm willing. I'm not going to be a victim to all this stuff that's saying, hey, pay attention to me. Wait, I'm really, this is terrible, really bad over here. I want you to focus on me. Stop the noise. Mm-hmm. I'm in control and I'm in charge here. And so, look, it's it's mystical. This What we're talking about is mystical, Meg, in the sense that awareness is deepened to the level of being spiritual. So <laughs> embrace that. KBs, you are spiritual beings. Yes, you are. The higher vibration produces higher awareness for you. And look, this can be reproduced anywhere in the world right now, wherever you are. You heard it said before to do what you love. Yeah. While this is true, it's far more important that you love what you do. Mm. There it is. Love what you do. And then that's going to align it to become the wow. thing that you love. Yeah. 
The energetics of love, Meg, are produced from within us, and they are directly related to the altitude of the attitude. (laughs) So instead of saying, oh gosh, if I could just be in the the Rockies with Meg and Steve, then everything would be okay. Or if I'm like, oh, if I could just be in Miami or Albania or Ethiopia or Canada or Well, now Mar- Mars is an option. Now or too. Mars. Now, oh, that's, that's <laughs> going to fix just, everything. If I could just get to Mars. Then all would be well. No, <laughs> our, our <laughs> that's really funny. It, it's just directly related to the altitude of our attitudes wherever we are in the world. And then the environment changes as our expectations for where we are right now change. So we raise our energy to the task. We're here for a task, and the task of being Megan is different than anybody else, and it should be uniquely your task. And your energy level, when you begin to embrace your task for being here, goes to the high. It just begins to, it's untouched by anything else because you're now embracing the purpose for your life. And the task will then rise with your energy. And if it's not the purpose of your being here, things are going to begin to scatter away and be replaced with the higher thing as you continue to love what you're doing where you are, to align with your highest expectations. And this is something that I really do see you participating in and practicing in all the time. This stirring up of the highest self, stirring it up, keeping that vibration high. And it does take those thought processes. It does take saying the right thing, choosing the right thoughts, choosing the right things to consume. And I just love that phrase. You say it all the time, stirring it up, because I don't know of a better way to portray what you're actually doing, because it's almost as if, you know, you see people when they're about to go on stage to maybe give a speech or sing or something, and they start jumping up and down, mm-hmm. and they start getting their mm-hmm. blood flowing. And spiritually, that's kind of what we're doing in, in, the, in that sense. If you're going to change a tire out by a, a busy highway and it's raining, cold, icy, hard rain, you just jump up and down. This is the best thing I've ever done. I'm going to love this. Is, this is wonderful. Who else is having an opportunity to do this thing like I'm doing right now? And I'm little, the best tire yes. changer in the world. Stand back, everybody. This is for me. I love it, love it, love it. A little chest beating <laughs> right. is happening. Yeah. Do, you, do you remember being energized by any kind of a euphoric feeling in the past? Oh, just yeah. Just like, oh. Electric. Amazing. And, yeah. and things that we can actually talk about. It's probably just about anything. Right. Well, but yeah, <laughs> but I mean, energy, and it was just total euphoria. Tra- well, most everybody has something like that. And you can remember, think about it and think about how that felt when you felt that. Take that, translate that feeling to the present moment intentionally while you're changing the tire. Yeah. Loving what you're doing. Caught out in the rain on a trail and accept it, you know, and it becomes funny and it becomes, you drop a glass in the kitchen and it breaks and it's laugh about it. (laughs) Look what I get to do. This is amazing. I'm going to be the best glass picker upper the world has ever seen. Stand back, everybody. This is for me. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Look around for beauty. Wherever you are, that noise starts to creep in. Time out. What's beautiful? Mm-hmm. And imagine to see a glow around everything. Imagine the translucent energy. It has energy in it. Yeah. So see it. Yes. Tell yourself you see it. Stand there until you do. What's going to happen is 
the negative stuff has got to go away for you to take on that magic eye of uh, seeing that translucent energy, the halo effect around what you're determining to be beautiful to you. You know, what you're describing, it it almost makes me want to want to cry right now just to, to realize that as a kinetic believer, the what you, what many people see as a mystical world becomes our reality. Mm-hmm. It becomes more real than what people think is reality. The world of of darkness and war and pain and all of that sort of washes away and becomes that becomes the world that's not real. And we get to step into this wonder world of of manifestation and compassion and love and self-reflection. And I just, I love that it becomes tangible mm-hmm. and it becomes our reality. You're aligning with what really is real. That is the eternal, everlasting essence of what is real. The other stuff, mm-hmm. that empirical world of forms of, of darkness and energy, yeah. of fearful and frightful things will pass away. And so if we we don't adhere to those things and rely on those things, then certainly our lives are transformed. And somebody says, well, you know, I noticed the beautiful thing, but I'm still breathless from running from the fearful thing. Stop, time out, take in deliberate breaths and hold them for five seconds and focus on the beautiful thing. When you see something beautiful, here's the deal. Breathe in the beauty of its essence. Don't just breathe in air, oxygen. You know, look at the flower and breathe in the energy. Breathe in the, the, the beauty of its essence, you know, and until you begin to feel that beauty become you and you're sharing energy with it now. It's a very real thing. Stop long enough to do that. Feel the energy. Feel the light around you. Focus on the feeling that the background of the energetics of love are emitting into this realm. Mm. And assume the viewpoint of the observer to all of your actions. Don't identify with the actions of picking up the glass. Take on the viewpoint of the observer as you watch you pick up the, the, uh, the glass. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah. Because it's going to be fascinating as an observer you're not identifying to take it personally. It'll be fascinating and interesting and liberating as an observer. You are a being of energy. So imagine that you are radiating as you inhale and exhale energy from the universe around you. And any kind of controlled drama, thoughts dwell on the struggle. You're identifying with the struggle. That's why dramatics are, negative dramatics are uh, taking, you know, you can feel your life source being taken away from you. So wherever you're focusing your attention, that is where your energy is going to flow. And you say it again, wherever you focus your attention, that is where your energy flows. Your energy flows. So if, if it's the tire or the broken glass, Focus your attention as an observer on the, the, the beauty of the dexterity of your hands and the grace for which you're doing the action as the best person that you can possibly be doing the action with the best attitude. And when you connect to the higher energy of awareness, you remain open now to whatever comes. You're not trying to manipulate the outcome. 
When you say no to the two by four and yes to the two by six, you are open to whatever comes. And there is no cost to a consequence from your higher state of awareness. You see that all things are now working together for your good, therefore for the good of all others and this situation and circumstance that you're in. And when you stay in this state of transcendent love, and that's what we're talking about, nothing or no one can take more energy, more strength from you than what can be replaced. Notice when we're meditating upon the essence of beauty and the world around you, the world around us, that your higher vibration produces different thoughts. It's going to produce yeah. different feelings. Negative vibrations produces negative thoughts. Well, I'll give them a piece of my mind. Well, I'll show you. You thought you showed me something. <laughs> <laughs> there is a universal current, and it's flowing. And scientifically speaking, it, it is absolutely a very real, tangible thing. And it produces within us the unctions of guidance. There's quanta particleization to the, the consciousness, consciousness of wisdom, the mind of God. And it's telling you where to go. It's telling you who to talk to. It's telling you what to say if we will shut down the negative stuff to hear, to listen to the unctions from within. And if you put pressure on listening to those, you will hear it. If you have an expectation to hear guidance, to go and talk to this person that you've never met before to listen to this other one intently with the approval of love and acceptance and championing them and celebrating their life and then being quiet with the expectation that I am going to hear from within what I'm supposed to say by listening to that inner within intuitive, those unctions, you absolutely will be shown exactly, for example, where you are stuck in life. The very thing that's holding you exactly where you are. You will be shown all of the sticking places where you continue to reason with thoughts, arising from identifying with the egoist nature of being and what states make you uh, uh, happy or sad or confused or angry or states of being, that is, not, mm-hmm. not states of living. <laughs> states of being uh, uncertain or, you know, You shouldn't watch that television show because every time you do, it makes you sad and confused and angry and you take it out on everybody else. You didn't know it, though, until you listened to the inner unction from within giving you the wisdom to know. And again, I love love how everything that you're giving us today is about our authentic self and knowing ourself. And it is amazing how you can live with yourself for so many years and there's... There's still so much undiscovered, untapped potential and knowledge and understanding simply of self. I mean, it's amazing the depths that we can mine when it comes to us. Yes, and it's amazing the shallowness, shallow, shallowness, shallowness of of <laughs> reasoning that happens when you are hungry and you keep going to the refrigerator that you haven't put any more groceries in and you keep looking to see if something else has just shown up in there right. that's going to satisfy this desire that you're doing nothing wise like yeah. to to uh, confront. <laughs> Shallowed. Shallowedness. Yes. Yes, exactly. Well, and, and not manipulating self. Some of us have been, 
you know, so trained to even manipulate self. And so everything that you've told us today, it's, it's, it's helping us. It's showing us how do we overcome all this? How do we see clearly, see clearly enough to even walk through this adventure? And, you know, life is supposed to be fun. It's supposed to, we're supposed to feel good. It, it is possible to feel good all the time. When you don't feel good, it seems impossible. But when you carry yourself as a kinetic believer through life, you overcome that. You know, it's funny. I was thinking a moment ago, there's this really funny scene in a movie and this girl, she, she walked up to a fountain and she, she wished, she said, Oh, I, I wish for money. I just wish for money. And she tosses mm. her coin in and she opens her eyes and she, she goes, Oh God is good. Oh Lord. Thank you. It happened. And she just starts scooping up the coins <laughs> out of the fountain. But you know, <laughs> there's a real way to manifest. There's a real way for this and there's to show consequences, up. Right, this. <laughs> yes. no, but here's, here's the deal. Inner restlessness like we were talking about, is yeah. a sign that, you know what, you're being called to a shifting change. Inner restlessness. is something big. Yeah. Something big is trying to birth yeah. itself through you. That's why you're restless. I love you, that. And, and you don't know why. You just know something's happening. And, <laughs> and you're looking around for the answers. And you just have to be willing. That's really cool, though. I love what you – no, that's so good because a lot of times when we are restless – we can feel quite agitated. It can be very frustrating. You're like, well, what's the problem? What the heck is going on? Why Why do I feel like this? But I love this idea of embracing it, saying, well, this is just the rumble. You know, the train is coming. I can feel it. I can sense it. Something huge is... is, is You're transcending. Yeah, that's great. You're that's giving exciting. birth to you. You're restless. Mm. Uh, be willing. Just be willing and say this out loud. Okay. Just say today. Today. I will observe fascinating and exciting new paths to pursue. I will observe fascinating and exciting new paths to pursue. I trust my creative genius. Mm, I trust my creative genius. And I always make decisions. And I always make decisions. That become great. <laughs> that become great. I am excitedly focused. Mm, I'm excitedly focused. On manifesting my life goals. On manifesting my life goals. And I'm passionate. I'm passionate. About my creative authority about my creative authority i have no stress i have no stress i'm not in a hurry i am not in a hurry i am not about to worry i'm not about to worry because i love living because i love living and i am so grateful and i'm so grateful to see more of me to see more of me right now today <laughs> right now today i am growing i am growing and i am developing and i'm developing to advance to advance to my fullest potential to my fullest potential I possess the substance. I possess the substance of my greatest belief. Of my greatest belief to pass through any obstacle. To pass through any obstacle that should ever come. That should ever come. And I am willing. And I am willing to allow the consequences. To allow the consequences of my higher self. Of my higher self to manifest. To manifest right now. Right now. I'm using my authoritative power. I'm using my authoritative power to create all the success. To create all the success and all the prosperity. And all the prosperity that I desire. That I desire. And I deserve. And I deserve. Life is amazing. <laughs> Life is amazing. Because I am amazing. Because I'm amazing. <laughs> and I really do love me. I really do love me. Just like I am. Just like I am. This is my one natural life. This is my one natural life. So I'm going to fully. I'm going to fully. Abundantly. Abundantly. Love it. Love it. And live it. And live it. Right now. Right now. Today. Today. 
exciting podcast again today. We are on this adventure together of, of life and life as kinetic believers. Make sure you do check out the website, stephencanyon.com. We are adding so many new things every day. We've got apparel going on. We've got digital products. We're even working on a, on a membership page that where you're going to be able to live stream and watch us on the podcast. A lot of exciting things happening. Make sure to follow Stephen on Facebook as well. That's going to be Stephen Canyon and Instagram at Stephen Canyon. I'll Stephen Canyon. All, all day. Are you going to be here tomorrow? Heck yeah. Then I will too. Okay, I'll see you right KB, back here. KB, are you going to be here tomorrow? Then I will too. <laughs> see all of you guys back here yeah. tomorrow. Sending out much love and light to all the KB creatives all around the world. Thanks as usual, Steve, for all the wisdom. Bye-bye.